0: Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Kaboom!
2: If you thought four hours a day, 1,200 minutes a week was enough... Think again. He's
3: the last remnants of the old republic. A sole bastion of fairness. He treats crackheads in the ghetto gutter the same as the rich pill poppers in the penthouse. Wow. The clearinghouse of hot takes break free for something special. The Fifth Hour with Ben Maller starts right now.
2: In the air everywhere. Back in the podcast dojo for a spectacular... Edition of the fifth hour with Ben Maller and Danny G. It's not your normal podcast. No, it's got a little extra razzmatazz because it is time now for Benny versus the Penny. We welcome players. You're welcome. Are you up for more Maller mayhem? It's time now.
3: Benny versus the Penny. You know it's- what? You could tell that Halloween passed because we're both wearing
2: long sleeves right now. Yes, it's California cold. Where yeah, we from, California cold. Which anywhere else in the country that has actual cold weather, people will be wearing shorts and and sandals. But in California, we pull out the long sleeve shirts. We're ready to bundle up. <laughs>
3: We're such wusses. My chick got on Amazon the other day and ordered some huge stand-up heater. It's my beautiful white fuzzy hoodie. Yeah. So I'm going to put it right by the bed, and I'm like, I'm going to open the sliding glass door. That's what I'm going to do.
2: Yeah, well, my uh, my wife, of course, she has the heating blankets stored for the cold season in California. So you got to pull out the heating blankets, which... We've acquired over the years, you know, one a year. Before you know it, you've got one for every bed. You got to have some for the sofa. So you know, anywhere you are, you have to have a heating blanket, and uh, that's the the way to go. But we're going to get into it. It's Benny versus the Penny, of course, the voice of the great Danny G Radio, right there, who is representing the Penny. And there might be some lawsuits over how this is going right now. But before we look ahead to week nine, we must look back to week eight. In the NFL, every game handicap to win money as a sports better, you have to win more than 52.4% of your bets. Uh, and And likely a fair amount more than that because of the juice, the way that it works betting on the NFL, betting on sports in general. And so if you're new to this podcast, if you've heard us on the radio and I've ranted about this and given out picks, Benny versus the Penny, sports handicapping for the regular guy crunching in the numbers, man versus an animate object. Who will pick more winners? Over the years, I've lost some. I've won some to the penny. It's been crazy over the years. And so this uh, last week, eight, 15 games on the card. I went 10 and five against the spread, and that is my fourth 10-win week. So I've had a pretty good run here to begin the year. Ready to give it all back here as we get to the second half of the season. But 10 and 5, 667 winning percentage. The penny had another losing week. The penny, 6 and 9 against the spread. That's a 400 winning percentage. And if you look at the overall season totals, if you look at your radio and you can see right there, we have a, I have my telestrator out, Danny. I've got my telestrator and I'm drawing circles around (laughs) the, the records right there. You see overall, I am 72, 48, and 3. 72, 48, and 3. Let me, let me highlight a, that again. Uh, so that is, by my, my my math there, that's 24 games above 500. That's pretty good. Uh, that won't last unless it does. And the penny, who was 500 a couple of weeks back, has had a tough stretch here the last couple of weeks. And so the penny now is five games under 500, 58, 63, And two, so that I've opened up a bit of separation with the penny. The penny has a 479 winning percentage. So we'll see how it goes this week in week number nine of the NFL.
3: I am the Nathaniel Hackett and Josh McDaniels of penny flipping.
2: (laughs) Yes, I'm happy though, because this is great at making me look better. Uh, Anyway, the teams that aren't playing here in week nine, you will not hear us break down the Cowboys. Or the Giants, both six and two. They're not playing. The 49ers have the weekend off at four and four. The Steelers are not playing. They haven't played much at all this year, even when they played two and six. Broncos oh. the Broncos are three and five. They're they're not playing. And the Cleveland Browns, who had that win over the, the Bengals, they are also not on the schedule. So the first game for us on Benny versus the Penny for week nine, every game Sunday and Monday will start out with Indianapolis. Three, four, and one at New England. Four and four. It's on CBS with Greg Gumbel and Adam Archuleta on the call. And the Patriots open a five and a half point favor in this game. They're favored by five. The money a lean towards the Patriots at Gillette Stadium. And we're not getting that really nasty cold weather yet. It's still November. It's early November. That'll come later. Temperature's actually... California-like in Foxborough in the 70s at kickoff, although mostly cloudy. And some of the numbers on this game, Mac Jones back starting again for the Patriots, who are 3-6-1 and against the spread, their last 10 with Mac Jones. Bill Belichick's done very well against the Colts over the years, five and two the last seven, but I'm taking the Colts in this game. And I'll tell you why we need better ball security from Indy this weekend. I think we'll get it. The Patriots are not a juggernaut. Mac Jones has plenty of awards. And in fact, he's ra- ranked 38th out of 39 qualified quarterbacks, according to the numbers from pro football focus, their branding system, a uh, fourth highest turnover worthy play rate, in the NFL this season for Mac Jones. And I'm looking at you, Steve, Stefan Gilmore there. I'm looking at you licking your chops. The Colts defense up front, not exactly hamburger helper here. As long as you play again, clean game, clean game. uh, You'll have a shot to cover in the fourth quarter. Indianapolis six and two against the spread as a road dog. Since the start of last season over the past 10 seasons, people think that when Belichick goes against the first or second Uh, time starter that he dominates. It hasn't been the case gambling-wise. Belichick, his last seven games against quarterbacks making their first or second career start, just two and five, the Patriots' record with Belichick coaching. So I I expect the Colts to hang around with Jonathan Taylor in that running game. Sam Ellinger was not terrible. He wasn't great either in his debut against Washington, and he actually did screw up late in that game. But I'm going to take The points, I think there's too many points here. Indianapolis is not dreadful. They're they're very similar to the Patriots, even with the quarterback conundrum. Patriots will win but won't cover the spread. Patriots 20, the Colts 17, the final.
3: Believes in Belichick still going with the Patriots.
2: All right, Patriots the pick. And if you're wondering how we do this, the home team is heads, the road team is tails because you travel with your – your dairy air via planes, trains, and automobiles. And so that's the way that we do it. All right. Next up, Buffalo. Here we go. Buffalo. Six and one at the New York Jets. Five and three. It's on CBS with Ian Eagle and Charles Davis, friend of the podcast, former Fox guy. The Bills opened up a ten and a half point favorite. It is all the way up to twelve and a half. And the the money on this game, relatively even. So no real advantage either way. Temperatures in the low 70s at MetLife Stadium in Jersey. Check this out: the New York Jets, the largest home underdog by any any team with a winning record since 2007. The Jets are five and three, and they're 12 and a half point underdogs. And I'm going to take the Jets in this game, and I'm going to ride not with the offense. Clearly, I'm going to ride with the defense. Gang Green's defense is not mincemeat here. They're going to keep this game close and and within striking distance. New York's other team, the Jets, have the ninth-ranked rush defense, fifth in defensive, defensive passer rating. We saw Josh Allen have a couple of hiccups against Green Bay last week. That's the reason the Bills did not cover the spread. It's also a sandwich game for Buffalo. They had a Sunday night game with the Packers last week. They won that game. They didn't cover, and they play the 6-1 and one Vikings next week, a game that's getting a little bit of attention, a little bit of traction here. In in order to generate offense, the Jets are going to have to get the takeaways, special teams. Zach Wilson stinks. He's no good. They don't have the big play running back right now because he's hurt. So there's a rule I have, a rule of thumb, a truism, in the years I've been handicapping these NFL games. Anytime you get Seven points or more in a divisional game. You don't ask questions. You take the points, you smile, and you move on. You're getting almost double that. So there's a lot of value with the Jets here. And I'm going to take the Jets. Bills will win, but they will not cover. Jets will hang around. Bills 28, Jets 20 is your final. And the penny
3: lands on heads again, going with the Jets.
2: All right, so agreement on that. Next up, Miami five and three at Chicago, three and five. It's on CBS with Kevin Harlan and Trent Green. They have the call. The Dolphins opened a three and a half point favor. They are favored by five in this game. Uh lean in the money to the Dolphins at Soldier Field temperatures in the 60s. It's going to be windy. And that's what you expect in the Midwest in Chicago. Not Always that way. The 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 windy city actually named after the politicians, but it is windy there a lot. Also, the the numbers on this game: the Bears with Justin Fields as a home underdog are one in five against the spread. They're five and eleven as an underdog in his career. And Miami, they haven't been a great road favorite either. They were trailing quite a bit against the Lions last week, came back and won. But I'm going to take the Dolphins in this game. The Bears have the 27th-ranked offense. Their defense just gave away their top player, Roquan Smith, so he's gone to the Ravens. And while the Dolphins were going the other way, right? these are ships passing in the night, the Dolphins adding players, Bradley Chubb and others, the Bears subtracting players, and Justin Fields bringing a musket and going against a nuclear warhead in Tyreek Hill and that Dolphin offense. If the weather was bad, if it was raining and cold and nasty and all that, I would go the other way because it would slow down the Dolphins. There's none of that in the forecast unless I'm missing it. This game will be lopsided. The Bears can't keep up. It'll be close for a half. But in the end, barring some kind of dramatic injury to Tua, Loa or one of the other key members of the Dolphins, This is a blowout city. Dolphins 38, Bears 20, the final.
3: Penny copying off your paper. Going with the Dolphins.
0: There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables.
2: All right. Next up for us, Benny versus the Penny. We move on to just outside Washington D.C. over in Landover, Maryland, suburban D.C. and Minnesota. Skull off to the six and one start. Washington four and four. Back to five hundred. Comeback win last week against Indianapolis. This game on Fox. Kevin Burkhardt is supposed to call the game with Greg Olson, but there's this little World Series thing which may still be going on. We certainly either hope it ends in favor of Philadelphia or it does go to a game seven. But either way, they will play the game, obviously. Who knows who will be doing the play-by-play. The Vikings opened a a two-and-a-half-point favorite. They are favored by three-and-a-half in this game. 59% of the handle in favor of Washington. Overcast? And another game in that northeastern corridor. Temperatures in the 70s it kick kickoff at FedEx Field. Some of the numbers and trends in this game: Washington eight and two against the spread with Taylor Heineke starting last ten starts. Minnesota five and two against the spread. Their last seven as a favorite of seven points or less. But we're taking the Commanders in this game. And I'm looking at this like another one of those trap games for the Vikings. They are rolling along. They've got a three-and-a-half-game lead in the NFC North over the Packers and Bears. They've got Big Bad Buffalo on deck. That is a game that can can prove the Vikings aren't fraudulent if they can beat the Bills next week. But first, got to get through the Commanders, Nobody gets up for Washington. They don't have headline players. They don't have star players. They're just kind of a blod team, generic brand team. Uh, these, these clubs are not that far apart despite the record disparity. And Taylor Heineke has been a spark plug. He's been a, a good fuse uh, for that morbid franchise. He went 89 yards to win the game against Indy last week. Washington Winning and has covered three in a row. We expect more of that here. They will spoil Kirk Cousins' return to his old stomping grounds in Landover, Maryland. Washington 24, Minnesota 21, the final.
3: And the penny disagrees, going the other way, taking the Vikings.
2: All right, we disagree there. We move on to the Motor City. Green Bay, three and five at Detroit, one and six. It's on Fox. You better watch as the Fox box that rocks will be calling this game. Packers, a three and a half point favorite. They opened at three and a half. The line has stayed the same. This game being played in a dome at Ford Field. So, no need to give you the weather, although the weather will be mild. In the Motor City. Some of the numbers on this one Green Bay, they have been a dreadful favorite of late. They are two and eight against the spread, their last 10 as a favorite. It's like somebody slipped them a Mickey here when they've been a favorite. They've been terrible. Detroit, six and one against the spread, their last seven as a home dog. Lions are eight and two head to head with Green Bay against the number since 2017. I'm taking Detroit in this game. You've got the Lions on a five-game skid. The Packers on a four-game skid. But our money is going to be with the Honolulu Blue here. They actually have the better offense, which hasn't been said for 20 years when these teams have played. Detroit's gaining 6.2 yards per play, third in the NFL. They've gotten some guys back from injury. They did trade their tight end, Hawkinson, to the Vikings. The Packers are stuck in mud here. They're stuck in neutral. Lack of playmakers Bad morale. Green Bay didn't do anything here at the trade deadline to improve the situation. Both teams should be able to move the ball on the ground. Neither one is that mind-boggling. It's not the kind of game that gives you goosebumps. The wrong team is favored here. Lions, get off the schneid. Detroit 26, Packers 23, and Aaron Rodgers is running to the ayahuasca when this one ends.
3: And the penny disagrees with you again, going
2: with the Packers. That's right, so a disagreement. That's good. We'll either tighten the record or the record will get much worse through thick and thin for the penny. Next up, the L.A. Chargers. Show me your lightning bolt. Four and three at Atlanta, four and four. It's on Fox with Kenny Albert and Jonathan Vilma. They have the call. The Chargers opened up a three-point favorite. This has stayed flat. Scary, both these teams. Chargers a three-point favorite. A lot of the money in favor of the Falcons. This game being played in the Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Georgia. The Chargers over the last couple of years have been a debacle. It's been a devil of a time for them. In November, they're 1-9 in nine against the spread their last 10 games in November And they've now got a losing record with Justin Herbert, their last 15 games against the spread six and nine Atlanta has been a great bet with Arthur Smith. When the line is either plus three to minus three Falcons are seven and two against the spread Atlanta three and oh at home as a dog He's a a live dog here at home this season. So they've done a very good job in their own house. I'm taking the Falcons here, a healthy charger team would smash. Atlanta to bits, but that's not the case. Keenan Allen dinged up, doesn't look like he's going to play. Mike Williams, Joey Bosa, J.C. Jackson, and a host of other big names are gonzo. The Falcons, meat and potato. They say matchups make fights, and this is, or styles make fights, and this is quite the matchup favorite for Atlanta. Falcons can run the ball. It's what they do pretty well. That happens to be the kryptonite for the Bolts. The Chargers are 32nd. Against the run, that's dead last, allowing 5.7 yards per rush. Atlanta has a jackhammer attack. They've rotated running backs in. They're tied for 12th in the NFL. So there will be no joy in Mudville. Back in Charger land, the Falcons, after that stinker against Cincinnati, and then another one where they barely won against the uh, Carolina Panthers last week. They will have another close game, but they will win it as a home dog. Falcons 20 and the Chargers 17 is your final.
3: And the penny also likes the dirty birds at home.
2: All right. Next up, as we work against the clock, of course, there is really no pod. There's no podcast clock. We don't have to worry. All right, Danny? There's really no clock. We well, you read. don't pay attention to the network clock either. Exactly. <laughs> we're, we're rebels like that, Danny. We do what we want to do. We talk when we want to talk. Bring down the house is what we do. All right. Carolina, 2-6 and six at Cincinnati at 4-3 and three on Fox with Kevin Kugler and Mark Sanchez on the call. Neither one of these teams in good shape here. The Bengals opened a 9.5 point favorite, but that has gone down to seven the handle on this game in about 80 80 over 80 percent on Cincinnati sunny temperatures in the 60s at the corporately named Paycor Stadium in the natty as uh, that game this will this will not be a game where teams are bouncing off the wall some of the numbers here Carolina has, has been dreadful as an underdog five and ten against the spread but they have covered back-to-back games and they were actually 3 and 17 against the spread, their last 20 prior to that, but now back-to-back covers. Cincinnati, some of the numbers here. Joe Burrow starting. They're 12 and 3 against the spread lost last week. I'm taking the Panthers. I'm taking the, the Panthers. Made a coaching change. They made a quarterback change. They've actually been competitive since they did that for the most part. I just don't trust Cincy right now. Uh, they, they were so blah. And I don't trust them as a touchdown favorite. They allowed 440 yards to Jacoby Brissett and the Browns weak ass offense last week. They're playing a bunch of inexperienced players in the secondary. There'll be yards to be had for PJ Walker as the Bengals are susceptible to giving up the big play. We saw that last week, DJ Moore who cost Carolina the game by taking off his helmet last week in Atlanta. But the Panthers put up 34 points in that game, and they should be able to move the ball in this one. The Panthers 4-1 against the spread with P.J. Walker starting, and Joe Burrow as a seven-point favorite, just 1-4 against the spread in his career as a seven-point favorite, and you don't have Jamar Chase in this game. Carolina can slow this game down, slow this game down. Also, force fourth, fourth Joe Burrow. The third down in long situations. He doesn't have his top receiver, Jamar Chase. Bengals will win the game, but not the number. The Bengals 24, Panthers 23, the final.
3: And the penny says Burrow will bounce back with major points, taking the Bengals.
2: Not
0: so fast, my friend. Not so fast. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip.
2: All right, next up, Las Vegas. Our Raiders at two and five as they were trampled. There was a rampage in New Orleans last week. Raiders two and five, Jacksonville two and six on CBS with Andrew Catalan and James Lofton on the call. The Raiders opened a one point favorite and they are still favored on the road, favored by one and a half. Slight lean on the money. The handle goes to Jacksonville as this is one of those punch-the-clock situations for both these teams, uh, seemingly going nowhere at TIAA Bank Stadium. Temperatures in the 80s, and sunny, for the most part, in Jacksonville. The Raiders are 0-7, their last seven games as a road favorite, and the numbers are just cringeworthy for Derek Carr, as he has been a debacle. When favored on the road, but it isn't much better for Jacksonville. They're one in nine against the spread, their last 10 as a home favorite against teams traveling from long distances like the West Coast or even the far Rocky Mountain time zone. So they've been bad. Teams traveling 1,500 miles or more have been dominant against Jacksonville. But I'm going to take the Jags in this game. Neither one of these teams is any good. As we said, the Raiders did hang out on the East Coast. They were practicing in Florida, didn't go back to Vegas after they played in New Orleans, licking their wounds. Same old lame-ass excuses from Josh McDaniels and also Derek Carr, which have not really... I mean, you say the same thing every time you lose. It's People stop listening to you after a while. But the defense, the Raiders' defense, they allowed Davis Mills and the Texans to do pretty well for three quarters. Houston was leading that game. A couple weeks ago and Andy Dalton going to the fourth quarter and Andy Dalton and the saints were fine last week. They've had some success. I don't expect Trevor, Trevor Lawrence to struggle all that much against the Raiders. He's got to stop the brain fog, which has happened sporadically some unforced errors, but so does Derek Carr. He's a mess on the road. As we said, in fact, it's even worse than the numbers we gave Carr is four, 12 and one against the spread as a road favorite. And uh, of course, the 0 and 7 last seven times. Since 2017, Derek Carr and the Raiders are 110 1 as a road favorite. So I'm looking at the Jags here, have some success on the ground with Travis Etienne to matriculate the ball uh, around and catch passes out of the backfield. Jacksonville, 27 and Las Vegas, 24. Sorry, Danny. It's, <laughs> it's not personal. It's just business, Danny.
3: Oh, I know. And. i was actually hoping the penny might go the other way because it's been a jinx lately uh landed on tails so taking the raiders you're right about the uh, the middle of their defense without nate hobbs been since he's been with a cast oh my goodness offenses can just go to the middle and do whatever they want against that raiders defense
2: yeah and and what you have Devonte adams why is it so hard to get Devontae Adams the ball? Can, he never had this issue in Green Bay. They always yeah. found him the ball. I don't understand why it's so hard for Carr, who supposedly is besties with Devontae Adams. They went to f- the college together, and it's embarrassing. That's also, a, that's also an indictment on Josh McDaniels, who's supposed to be God's gift to offensive football. I mean, come on.
3: I mean supposedly Devonte had a bad flu last week and shouldn't have played. Yeah. And they say he still has some symptoms, but I mean come that's still no excuse. If you're out there you got to perform. So hopefully those two can bounce back cuz they look decent at times and then they've looked awful at times. So hopefully they can get on a little run here and go back to 500. They do have a path to 5 and 5 if they can get their shit together.
2: Yeah, but they, they're they capable of losing to anybody. <laughs> it's like they get- well, they've been right in there with
3: some big squads like the Chiefs, so they're actually capable yeah. of winning big games too.
2: Bad teams lose close games, Danny. Bad teams lose close All right, moving on. Uh, we will explore all avenues on Benny versus the Penny. We get to the late television window now, and we'll start out in the Valley of the Sun. And more on that coming up on the Saturday podcast, a never before told story that I will reveal on our Saturday podcast. Is that a tease or is that a tease, oh, Dave? I'm
3: going to have Marcel tweet that out right now.
2: Yeah. Welcome aboard. All right. Seattle, five and three at Arizona, three and five on Fox with Adam Amin and Daryl Moose Johnston. The Cardinals opened a two and a half point favorite. They were favored by two in the Grand Canyon State. And the slight lean on the money to the Seahawks. Some of the numbers here, as the weather being in the 70s, it's a dome at State Farm Stadium in Glendale, Arizona. Seattle 11-4, their last 15 against the spread in road conference games. Arizona has been a dreadful home favorite. Geno Smith has been great for Seattle, 7-3 against the spread, their last 10. With Geno starting, I'm taking the Seahawks here. I never thought I would ever say that Geno Smith is clearly the better quarterback against someone who's got a $200 million contract or whatever wow. the little little fellow's making. But that's the case here. Geno Smith has been better. And it's not even close as he mixes it up with DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett and Kenneth Walker III. Seattle actually looks like a good team. They're not a great team, but they're good. They're better than they should have been by a mile. And they're a small dog here. Kyler Murray has been good for one to two mistakes a game. And that is going to derail Arizona. It's derailed them most of the year. Even with their big stud receiver coming back, DeAndre Hopkins, the bad, ti- bad times have, for the most part, continue here. You've got bad blood between Murray and Kingsbury, not happy. The coach with alligator arms, Murray. And Cliff Kingsbury – as a home favorite, 5-11 and 11 against the spread as a home favorite. You toss in some dinged-up offensive linemen. And Seattle's defense overachieving as well, not just Geno Smith. It does not bode well for the desert version of the birds. So I'm going to take Seattle 30 and Arizona 26, the final.
3: And the Penny going with the Cardinals.
2: All right, Penny uh, going the other way on that game. And we, we do want to thank the loyal minions who have listened every week religiously to this podcast, including David in Winter Park, Florida, and Roscoe the Parrot, his pet imaginary parrot, also Rob in Vegas, and uh, several others who have emailed me every week to critique my work, Danny. They tell me what they like and what they don't like as uh, I give these picks, and they they tell me I'm wrong. Although I haven't been all that wrong in a, in a couple of weeks, Danny. So things have been going well here. We'll see. Knock on. Don't board.
3: jinx it. Yeah. I
2: know, I know. I know. All right. A lot of a lot of football. At the LA Rams at three and four at Tampa Bay three and five on CBS. With Jim Nance and Tony Romo, they have the call on this game. The Bucks opened a two point favorite. They're favored by three. The money in favor of Tampa Bay, temperatures in the low 80s at Raymond James Stadium. The Rams, just two and five against the spread this season, but the Buccaneers, one and six with Tom Brady under center against the spread. Holy cannoli, does that stink? And uh, Tampa Bay has not done well against Matthew Stafford, of all people, Stafford gambling wise five and two in his last seven matchups with the old buckaroos there, the creamsicles, but I'm going to take Tampa Bay in this game. And the main reason why is Cooper cup is dinged up. He's expected to play, but how effective is he going to be in this dust up in Florida? The Rams simply don't have anyone else who can consistently make plays on offense. They, they, They look dizzy without Cooper Cup being the man. Even with Cooper Cup, they still have looked a little bit off. These teams are doppelgangers of each other. Neither one has lived up to expectations. Tampa Bay is 0-6 against the spread their last six. The longest single season against the spread losing streak of Tom Brady's career is going on right now, but yet I'm going to take Tampa Bay. We're going to go with the Buccaneers because I have more faith that Brady will play a clean game as opposed to Matthew Stafford. And unless Allen Robinson or one of these other guys actually starts earning their money as playmakers, which they haven't done, I just don't – even with the Bucks' defensive issues, I don't – the Rams have not been able to score many points. They move the ball between the 20s. They normally fumble it away or throw an interception or screw it up somehow or another. Buccaneers 24, Rams 17, the final. Penny would also
3: like to go out scamming at weddings with Tom Brady for brides and maids, going
2: with the Bucks. I hope I'm wrong on that game. That's one I would like to get wrong. I'd like to see the Rams win it, but I handicapped the game. And that's the way I see it. And even though I like the Rams, what the hell? All right, next up, primetime games. Now, Sunday night football, just two late games, as we said, Tampa and the Rams. And Seattle and Arizona, so that guy that does the Red Zone channel is going to have a lot of fill time. All right, uh, Sunday night football, Tennessee 5-2 and two at Kansas City. Also 5-2 and two on NBC with Mike Tirico and Chris Collinsworth. They have the call. The Chiefs opened up an 11-point favorite, and they are favored by 12.5 at Arrowhead Stadium. Temperatures in the 50s at kickoff in Kansas City. Some of the numbers on this one. Tennessee has done very well against Andy Reid coach teams. They're 8-2 and two against the spread their last 10 matchups with Coach Reid. Uh, Kansas City also 6-9 and nine against the spread their last 15 at home with Patrick Mahomes starting. And double-digit favorites are 8-3-1 and one in primetime games since the start of last season. So that bodes well. For Kansas City, but I'm going to take the Titans in this game. And even with the questionable status of Ryan Tannehill, he's damaged. At the time we are rolling on this podcast, it appears that he is up in the air. He may play, he may not play, has been crossed off the list. Malik Willis, who's clearly an acquired taste, looked like he should be on a practice squad somewhere or delivering DoorDash. But he did start last week. Tennessee won the game anyway because of Derrick Henry. They played hide the quarterback. The recipe for this week calls for more of the same long, methodical, time consuming drives. You basically want to play keep away, play it safe underneath passes, work together, convert marginal or not marginal, manageable third downs. And the Titans are going to have to make a couple of plays on defense, get a couple of turnovers. Tennessee is the third team, just the third team in the Super Bowl era. goes all the way back to 1966 to be a double-digit underdog despite having at least a five-game winning streak. Very rarely, once in a blue moon, does this happen. And while Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes are great and can probably pick their final score in this game, they normally take their foot off the gas pedal as the game goes on, which will allow a backdoor cover. And I just love Mike Vrabel as a double digit dog. They lost in this spot earlier this year, but in his career, Mike Vrabel's coach teams 14 and four against the spread, 13 and five outright as an underdog of at least four points, including the playoffs. And this is much more than that. So the Chiefs will win it, but. Within the margin of error for Tennessee, Chiefs 31 and the Titans 20, the final.
3: And the penny says that primetime record is going to improve to 9-3-1. Going with the Chiefs.
2: All right. Disagreement there. We'll get to the last game on the card. We circle to Monday night football as the Ravens will try to make themselves at home. In the bayou, Baltimore 5-3, New Orleans 3-5. It's on ABC with Joe Buck and Troy Aikman. As another week, a blank canvas, a new week upon us here. And the, the Saints defense that had not been worth a nickel went out and pitched a shutout last week. So does that mean they're back or was that just an aberration? Baltimore, uh, they also have had their issues, but they they won their last game as well. So I'm going to take uh, the Ravens in this game. Baltimore 8-1-1 against the spread. Their last 10 on the road with more than six days of rest. Uh, the, the Ravens are 5-12, and though, against the spread as a favorite since the start of last season. They haven't won as a favorite uh, gambling-wise the last three times, but I think they will here. I'm going to take Baltimore. Love me some Lamar Jackson against that Saints defense. The ground game mixed with the selective passing by Lamar Jackson and that Saints defense I believe that they actually sucked. it last week was an anomaly and they'll come crashing back down to earth in the desert here. The Saints defense lightning will not strike twice in the same spot. Baltimore energized they locker room, got some mojo. They picked up Roquan Smith from the Bears. That's a sign management. That's a vote of confidence for the team that management thinks this squad is going to make some, some uh, movement in the postseason. Andy Dalton, though, the, the main reason I'm picking against the Saints, not only their defense, but Andy Dalton, primetime Dalton, primetime Dalton, 24 primetime starts over his career, 6-18. and 6-18 and 18 is his record as a primetime quarterback. You remember that Thursday night game, Saints and Cardinals, when he took a ride on the Vomit Comet up and down the field and gave the game away? If you want to jog your memory there just before halftime and continued it in the second half. I cannot stomach betting on Andy Dalton. So even though the Ravens are favored, and I usually side with underdogs, I'm taking Baltimore in this game. Ravens, 27, and the New Orleans Saints, 20 is the final
3: and the penny says that saints defense is going to show up again going with the saints
2: all right so we go the other way on that game and that is every game on the card a light schedule we only have a couple more weeks of the buys because thanksgiving everyone plays thanksgiving week we have the the the, the multiple games on Thanksgiving and throughout the weekend. So, and then uh, later on Christmas holidays, there'll be some, some big matchups there on a Saturday during Christmas. So that will do it for Benny versus the penny. Remember though, a never before told story on the Saturday podcast with my man, Danny G here and uh, check that out. Also the mailbag on Sunday, no days off. Remember good luck. Money management, money management, don't go crazy. Do not go wild and crazy with your bets. May all your bets be winning ones, though, and hopefully you do not turn into a pumpkin. We'll catch you next time on Benny versus the Penny, and we'll catch you tomorrow on the Fifth Hour podcast.
3: Later, skater. Before
2: you go, what do you think about the Wizards?